I think business gives us the opportunity for human connection. And I think that's more important than just the transaction of making money. Welcome to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. How do people end up becoming an entrepreneur? How do they scale and grow their businesses? How do they plan for profit? Are they in it for life or are they building to exit? These and a myriad of other topics will be discussed to pull back the veil on the wizardry of successful and fascinating entrepreneurs. My book, Relentless, is now available everywhere books can be bought online, including Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Try your local indie bookstore too, and if they don't have it, they can order it. Just ask them. The reviews are streaming in, and I'm so thankful for the positive feedback, as well as hearing from people that my memoir has impacted them positively. It is not enough to be resilient. You have to be relentless. You can go to therelentlessbook.com for more information. Thank you so much. Today, we talked to Garen Sprav, who went from a corporate job in the insurance industry to working as a janitor and loving it. He tells us about his journey to opening Clean Slate Janitorial, what really drives him, and how he's planning on expanding the business. Now let's get right into it. Back in 2006, my wife and I, we were like many other people, miserable in our jobs and just frustrated and waking up in tears coming out of our eyes. Like, I got to go in here again. And my wife asked me, she said, is this what adulting is like? I was like, I don't know. Like, I couldn't answer her question, right? Because we were on this journey together. So we were trying to figure out, like, what are we going to do next? Like, what can we do? And one time we were out to dinner and she was on my arm. And as we pulled up to the table, we saw a gentleman who was there and he was moving things on the table and setting it up. And But he wouldn't look up at us. So he's always just looking down and doing his thing. And then he begins to walk away. And I looked at him and I said, excuse me, sir. Thank you. And he turned and he looks at me and he's like, why would you say thank you? And I was like, because you prepared a place for my wife and I to have dinner. You didn't just clean the table. He's like, I did all of that for you? And I was like, yeah. So he takes off to another table and he's like setting it up and he's looking at people in their faces and he's smiling. And I just started to get chills. And I turned to my wife and I said, I want to do that again. Now, I didn't know what I wanted to do that again was, right? But I knew that I had a really cool feeling in just interacting with that guy and helping him to look at his job differently. And from there, a few months later, I decided to quit my job and become a janitor. Now, I had the opportunity to purchase into a franchise and things of that nature, but being an experiential learner, I wanted to understand exactly what that guy was going through. And I thought, what better way than to be a janitor? Now, granted, speaking to my wife about that or talking to my friends about that wasn't really the easiest of conversations. But once they understood what journey I was on, I just got their support. My wife said, I trust you. Go for it. I told her if it didn't work out, I'll get a job somewhere else or what have you. Just support me on this. And she did. And from there, I've just been creating these opportunities where I get to interact with people and help them to see and look at their work differently. And it continues to feed me and to just give me the joy that I've been having for the past, coming up on two decades now. And so Clean Slate Janitorial, what is the array of services and the array of people that work with you? Yeah, so we provide commercial cleaning services. We specialize in janitorial solutions. And over the years, when I first began, I was taking on anything, right? Because we had a house to pay for and things of that nature. But we provide commercial cleaning services, floor care, window cleaning services, all of the basics that you would expect in a commercial cleaning company. The types of people that 
have worked with us over the years have been from individuals who are in high school, people who are going through college, people who just want to purchase a home. We've hired some individuals who are older and they said, we just want exercise. And they've come on board and we've worked with them and people who have come out of jail and they're looking for a second chance. I mean, strangely enough, the company is called Clean Slate, right? So it gives people a fresh start. And we've done that over the years. We've met so many people and had so many cool stories. People who have gotten married as a result of working there with us and people who've gone back to school. It's just been awesome. Wait again, a minute, people getting married to people that they work with, that they've met on the job? Yes. 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 You have right? a dating service. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it could be a spinoff, right? That's <laughs> amazing. Was the company called Clean Slate when you started it? Yeah, from the very beginning. And I cannot remember how I came up with that name. I can't remember the story behind that, but it's so fitting. And it wasn't just fitting for all of the people who have worked there, but it's been fitting for me. Because later on in life, a couple of years ago, I started going to therapy and so forth. And I started realizing a lot of things that I had kind of like packed down. And I realized like I also needed a clean slate. And it's just been a pretty cool story. What was your job before you scrapped it all and became a janitor? Yeah, I was working for Hartford Insurance Company. So I was into insurance, doing workers' comp claims, getting on calls, getting people back to work and things of that nature. I had just moved down here from Maryland, went to school up there. And I was, I mean, it was the first job that I got out of college. Granted, I didn't think I would be in that because I got my degree in computer sciences, networking, but it was what it was. Granted, I guess I wasn't supposed to be working with someone long-term. So shortly after college, I started my business. Yeah, you were in like button-up, corporate culture, right? And then you went to janitorial services and that's where you were basically freed from, it seems like. So right now today, what is your team like for your business? What is it comprised of? Yeah. So we have grown and we've contracted, expanded. I mean, it's been up and down over the years. We've worked with going from just me alone to a full-fledged team of 40, 50 people. We've gone to a contractor-based system and so forth. And most recently, we've kind of reduced our size to a really specialized team. And then we have begun working with contractors. We're finding other... So let me say this. We've, over the years, one of the goals that I've had is in showing people like you are more than what you do. Right. So everyone who's come into our system, we've spoken to them about, hey, what are your goals? Like, what do you really want to do in life? And once they've shared and we've shared some of the tools that we've used over the years, we found that people have gone out and started their own business or they've said, hey, can we continue to work for you guys? But from our own business, as opposed to as an employee. And we saw that that was something that was happening. And I'm excited for that. Granted, of course, it cuts into profit margins. Right. But Again, it's about that journey that gives me the excitement and the chills that I experience, and just being able to create that opportunity for people. We've allowed some of our team members to build their own businesses, and we hire them to go out and service some of our clients also. So it's been, it's been it a could journey. cut into profits, but it also could expand your reach. Well, yes, for some places that we couldn't reach or we felt it would have been a burden of sorts, we've been able to really partner with some of our team members to go out and do some pretty cool things. And have any of them wanted to branch out and do like individual residential home and such? Yeah. I remember one team who wanted to dabble in that. They wanted to try it out. And as people would call us, we would refer them to business. They didn't last. And I'm not quite sure if that was more of they weren't prepared for that or they didn't have the tools or it wasn't what they thought it would have been. But we're all about giving people the opportunity to prove to themselves 
Right. I introduced you to Stephanie Camarillo months and months and months ago, who also owns a cleaning business in Idaho. And since meeting her and since meeting you, I've been really interested in the mentality of people like you guys, the mentality and the reasons why you start and you run and own these services. And it always points right back to the people. Yeah. Yeah. And that has to be incredibly fulfilling. I know it's for her and I'm going to assume it is for you. I mean, the look that you see on my face, like that's the look that I get when I see people. I grew up in a household of entrepreneurs as well as educators. So the desire to teach and to learn and to share, that's intrinsic to me. And then of course, to create things. That's another thing. My grandfather was a dentist. My uncle was, he had a garbage business, like where he picked up trash and dumped it. My father, he was a marine mechanic and he also sold parts for boats in the marine world. So just growing up in that yeah, you were never going to make it in insurance for very long, no. not with that lineage. No, 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 no. <laughs> does your wife work with you in the business? She does not. Church Love... and state, huh? <laughs> she is into like finance and then contracts and stuff like that. She works for a local healthcare provider here in Florida. And she's been doing that for 22 years or so. But I bet she is a intangible, unpaid employee giving you a lot of she insight. Is. Yeah, she is. She does. I'll be very transparent with you on this one. Early on in the game, I mean, I was so get into that hustle mentality where you just work, 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 work. Her being stable <laughs> really helped. <laughs> That's one thing. And I remember one time when I asked my wife's opinion on something that I was dealing with, and she was so quick with a response. And I was surprised that I was surprised of her response. And that's to show that I was so focused on just doing me, doing me, and she was supporting that, but I wasn't leaning into the resource that was right there ever since that moment. And I had the audacity to tell her that, that I was surprised that she had such a great response. So, you know, that didn't go too well. Ooh, no, but, no, 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 no. I don't know. Sorry I that somebody friend. didn't catch you before that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but ever since then, I have not thought twice about turning to her and asking her like, hey, what are your thoughts on this one? Help me yeah. out there. So it's been a really cool partnership. When you started this business, I'm going to assume, but correct me if I'm wrong, that you didn't anticipate starting and building this company to sell. Did you? I did not. Okay. Did so not. you weren't an exit strategy entrepreneur at the time. Are you now? Yes-ish. So literally about 10 minutes ago, I just got another email came in from LinkedIn with someone talking about, hey, have you considered selling your business and so forth? So it's been on my mind most recently. I speak to my daughters. They're 10 and 9. And they also have an entrepreneurial spirit, right? We don't force anything on them. They're just in the room. So they ask a lot of questions. And my oldest, who's 10, she was asking, she's like, daddy, can I run the business later on? Like when I get older? And I'm like, if you want to, I mean, it's up to you. I mean, I'll share with you all that I know. If it's something that you're interested in, yeah, like, let's do it. And then there are all these emails that I get about selling. And it's like, what would I do if I did? What would so, you do? Right? So there's so many things. Oh, that's a, such a great question. So I've been doing some consulting work. I've been doing some coaching and speaking and I'm an author also. So there are all these different things that I can get into. Yeah. I think what I'll be looking for again is something that gives me the excitement that this journey has. It's been difficult, right? As in all businesses, it's been difficult at times, but even when I have been disrespected or cheated on within the business and so forth from different people, I always still get the same thrill of talking to somebody in the service industry and like helping them to look at work differently. So I know that that's something that's core to me and I'm looking for whatever it is I can do later on that will continue to give me that kind of energy. Are you a published author? Have you always thought you had a book inside of you? 
Have other people told you you've got to write a book? If so, I highly suggest you work with us at Poignant Press. We can help you write. Figure out the best publishing path and market your book to a bestseller status. Go to poignantpress.com. That's P-O-I-G-N-A-N-T press.com. Let's talk about your book. What is it called and what brought you to even thinking about writing it? Right. So it's called Fast Track Your Calling, How to Fuel Your Drive with Every Assignment. Back in 2012, I got a coach. I went through one of Dan Kennedy's programs and they had a coaching program. So I said, okay, let me sign up for this. I signed up for it. And I met this gentleman by the name of Eric Harmon. He was a older gentleman out of Salt Lake City, Utah. His first question to me was, how much money do you want to make, Aaron? I looked at him and I was like, I don't know. I didn't, I'm not thinking about money. I just want to be a better human being. And he says, well, you've won the lottery. I'm like, why would you won the lottery? And he says, you'll see. What I found out was this gentleman, he was an amazing guy. He didn't know this, but he only had four more years to live. I didn't know this, but he was tired of coaching people who just wanted to make money. He was at that point in his life where he wanted to share a different side of him. The struggle, the experiences that he's had, the bad decisions that he's made and how he's turned it around, all those things. And when I said, I just wanted to be a better man, he was so excited and he wouldn't let me know because he's a very stern, sterile kind of guy. But we got to working. And when he saw that I was committed to doing what I needed to do, he started to pour into me more and more. And he said to me, he says, Garen, I want you to record everything that we're doing. One day you'll write a book. I said, I'm not thinking about writing a book. He's like, trust me, Garen, one day you'll write a book. So I started documenting them and recording our Zoom conversations and so forth. And then in 2016, when he found out he had cancer, he let me know in August of 2016. And it, oh, August of 2016, and I think he died probably in October. So it was a short period of time. But when he shared it with me and he passed away, like several years later, I was like, I was flying coming from Atlanta, I believe it was. And I was reading a magazine and I saw a gentleman who had written a really cool article. And at the bottom, I saw his name and something told me, reach out to the guy. Reach out to him. Okay. Reached out to him by email. He responded. I just wanted to let him know, like, you really did a really cool article. Like, this was great, da, da, da. And then he tells me, well, you know, Garen, I help authors write books. And I was like, okay, okay. Finally, I just gave into it and I decided to put pen to pad and write that book. That's great. So did he become your co-writer or editor? Ghostwriter, actually. Yeah. What was the article about that he wrote? It was, that? it was in Delta Magazine. Mm, I remember when, wait, does Delta still have magazines? I don't Delta, know. If they, even an air. Yeah, they're, they're, still, all, they're still there. They're all molding together, right? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't fully remember the article, man, but it was, it was juicy, man. It was a really cool article on someone and probably be able to pull it up in my email, right? One of these yeah. times, but it was just so well written. And I thought that he was thoughtful. And I just wanted to connect to that person and let them know, like, th I'm big on thank you, Natasha. If you don't know this, like, I love saying the word thank you. I think it really is powerful to people. You just don't know what people are going through. And just to show that level of appreciation yeah. goes a long way. So you're a speaker as well. And mm -hmm. are you speaking about the topic of the book, about your business? I'm assuming you're a keynote speaker or you're available for hire. I am. I am. So most recently, because of this journey of going to therapy and peeling back the layers, I have been called to speak on the level of transparency and vulnerability in the entrepreneurial world. Because I have been courageous, and I have to say that about myself because it was difficult for many years, I've been courageous to finally start sharing like my truth, right? Like just being honest and open with people when they ask a question like, how are you doing? I qualified in my brain quickly, and then I really share. And 
what I've realized is by me sharing that, it's been unlocking other people. They've been opening up and sharing much about what's going on. I've been in rooms with people who are highly su successful. And when I would ask them, how are you doing? Oh, Garen, things are great. The business is going well, da, da, da. They're talking all this good stuff, smiling. And then when I pause and I say, how are you doing? Hmm. Then they start sharing the truth. And it's like, that's where I think as human beings, we ought to connect. And sometimes I know there's business owners and people who are CEOs, they don't want to show a sign of weakness to their team. But I've realized over the years, like it has opened up so much for my team to be so cohesive and there to support me where I wobble and my blind sides, they've stepped up because they're like, Garen, like we see you. We know that you're doing your best. We know that you're stand, trying to stand strong, but we see you. And I think business gives us the opportunity for human connection. And I think that's more important than just the transaction of making money. I'm going to say this. I met you on Zoom, but I didn't know exactly what you looked like because then I saw you in person at the Genius Network. Yeah. You are a very handsome, large, built and muscular <laughs> black dude. Yeah. Yeah. And for all of that. So to be vulnerable and to talk about mental health and to say out loud, you've said it a couple of times now that you've gone to therapy. Yeah. You probably know this, but this visual, we've got an image of you. This isn't the image of somebody that talks about vulnerability, mental health, or says, I go to a therapist. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you look like you could be, I don't know, a super athlete. Right. And you have a somewhat serious and stoic look about you. And then, of course, you open up and you're warm when you're talking. But I'm sure that's a little off-putting and a little jarring to some people. Yeah. And I can really imagine that they're like, man, if he's saying that out loud, yeah, then I can afford to admit some vulnerabilities. And even if they don't tell you, I bet if they were always thinking there's no way I'm going to therapy, right? That's not cool. Men don't cry. Men don't have feelings. Right. You may not even hear from these people that mm. you've encouraged them by your actions to open up and get help and think deeper and maybe behave in a way that is not cocktail talk all the time. Yeah. And when you stood up at the Genius Network and said what you said and shared, I saw the whole room and most of those people know who you are, but mm -hmm. I saw that whole room, I think, take what you were saying in awe. And everyone saw this beautiful gift that you were giving to everyone because not everyone in that room is ready to be as open as you are or someone mm -hmm. like me. So I think it's amazing. And I hope that anyone listening to this or watching it will take heed and think about how they show up in the world because it can only help. Nothing about what we just talked about is going to hurt anyone. No, you're right. It feels a little weird at first, right? Yeah, even as you're speaking, it's giving me chills all over again because, yeah, I mean, there's power in that, right? And we can use, like you mentioned, okay, all these adjectives, that a big guy, attractive guy, we can use that for decisions or we can use that to help somebody else. And when we take that ownership and say, I am here for the world, I am a vessel for the world, all of a sudden, your words, they're meaningful, but I find use in them. I remember the times when I'm 6'4", right? So I'm a big guy. I'm coming to someone's home and I'm saying, I will clean your home. And they're looking up at me like, you don't look like a cleaner. And I'm like, well, what does a cleaner supposed to look like? And if I could just help them tilt their heads and look at me differently, look at a cleaner differently, maybe we can take that and lay it over someone else. And all of a sudden they start respecting people differently, right? And that was my goal. And again, that's why I say, I'm glad that I've finally gotten to the point where I'm courageous enough to go out there and just speak honestly, because I know that there's so many guys out there, so many people out there who could be awesome for their homes, for their families, for their children. And if they are able to just pivot just a degree or two as a result of coming in contact with me, 
I've won, right? Like we've yeah. won. And that's why the book where it says fast track your calling, how to fuel your drive with every assignment. I look at every interaction as a moment where like, how should I show up? Like, how am I supposed to be using this one? So I keep myself open. Wow. I mean, I just hope that everyone, everyone in the world listens to this specific <laughs> podcast episode. So back yeah. to your business, we okay. talked about the ups and downs and we talked about the potential for an exit. Yeah. And that exit may be having your kids acquire the business. Sure. It could be selling. There's so many different things. But for right now, you're growing still. Uh, you wouldn't be in Genius Network. You wouldn't be talking to me on the podcast no. if you weren't. What is your strategy for growth? And what is the growth that you want to have? So two things. What's the growth plan? Yeah. And what are you going to do to make that happen? Yeah. So most recently, because I'm connected and partnered with a group of friends out of Chicago, Rosalado Cleaning Services, Ricky Brigalado and some of those other guys up there, those guys have helped me to look at my business differently. So I've always wanted to make the cleaning industry sexy, right? A little bit more attractive. If anyone and... can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. But I remember doing something that Cameron Harold talked about in Vivid Vision. So back in 2018, I wrote up my Vivid Vision three years. And I said, I want to have this kind of a space and this type of look and all these really cool things, but I didn't achieve it. And then I'm invited to Chicago to meet some guys out there who found me on LinkedIn. And as I walked into their space, I was blown away. I'm like, this is my dream. And it was in 2021. So it was three years later. I'm like, yo, this is awesome. And I'm cheesing. I'm walking around. I'm like, jumped into my Evernote and I pulled it up and I said, read this. Like, this is what I said I wanted. And it's here. So it told me like the vision may not have been my mind, but I was going to experience it somehow. And I did, and I have, but connecting with those guys, they have grown their business really, really well working with the healthcare facility or well, the healthcare industry. It's one where they appreciate cleaning, right? They say, thank you. They are growing. And there's a system that you can put in place for those types of buildings. And when I think of Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth, and talks about systems and things of that nature, it's like, maybe we can do this. And we've had a longstanding relationship with one of those healthcare companies here locally. And it's like, maybe we should focus in this arena. So we've been focusing more in the healthcare arena, looking at the urgent cares and doctor's offices and so forth. In building a system to support that, I figured if I can do that and remove myself from it, then it will be positioned either to sell or to, yeah, I'll even sell it to my daughter. She'll pay for it <laughs> one way or the other. She'll be um, supporting you for the rest of your life with the, you know, yeah, that's totally. great. So it sounds like the strategy for growth is mm -hmm. you found this new vertical healthcare yes. systems. And is it networking? How are you getting there? Are you just knocking on doors and making calls? Yeah. Great question again. So it's networking. So what I've done over the years, a lot of my friends, they work in the healthcare world and whether it's going to those golfing events or galas and things of that nature, I would show up and I'd show up with my wife. And while they're perusing and they're talking and having all their conversation, I am looking for someone who either seems nervous or someone who I'm looking for that person to help. Right? Like that's me. By me going around and talking to those people and building connection and building partnerships with them just by helping them to feel comfortable in their space, not even about business. They remember that. And over the years, people have called upon me, people that I've spoken to years ago that I, I don't want to say that I've forgotten them, but like I just didn't remember the interaction. They've remembered and they've called and they've called. And I think my strategy has been just being kind to people, just in general, being kind because you just never know, right? And we've seen people who have come into the healthcare field in the basement and they've worked their way up. They're now in a leadership role and they've called. And it's like, 
okay? So it's a longer sales cycle, but it's one that's genuine and pure. And through those types of relationships and partnerships, we don't have transactional clients. We have clients who, they're like their clients. Sounds um, like so, they're more like your partners. Yes. Partners yes. in an endeavor. And I love that. I love that much more than just a transactional client. I want to speak to you. Again, I want to say thank you. And I want to hear the words thank you. So it's however we can build that. That's kind of the core of, of our business. Okay, we're going to get a little bit away from the fluffy and the feeling and the good sure. stuff. Sure. And what is the biggest challenge that you have in your business today? Is it yeah. funding? Is it human resources? Is it just dealing with the human beings that are humans? Yeah. Are, what is it for you? So it's two things. So one, it's the human beings. And I've spoken a little bit on them already. It's human beings finding the right people with the right mindset. I think in the world that we're dealing with right now, so many people feel like, well, I can make money this way. I can make money that way. I can just Uber and all these short-term ways to make money. And again, for them, it's really transactional. They just try to make a buck. But then when life really hits, they realize that they need a little bit more stability. I believe there's a lot of fluff online where people talk about, you can make this amount of money in this amount of time. And people believe the hype, but don't recognize that there's, there's some serious work attached to that, right? In order for you to do that. So I think when they run up against the wall of work, like I really have to work like yeah right you got work so i think that's something that that jars us because people sometimes would leave us to do that gig and then they'll find themselves coming back and then they're jaded and they have all these so focus becomes a problem right that's one thing for us again another thing has been cash flow i'm just being very transparent on that one being in florida there's a lot of competition right and anyone can kind of like pick up and just say, I'm going to start a cleaning company. And with customers seeing that and saying like, hey, I want the cheapest price because prices are raising all over, we now find ourselves competing with them. So we have to adjust the way that we do things and we do different things to show value, right? Within that. But people are still, they're still like, but there's someone that's cheaper. We lost a long-term client just last year, just before we went out to annual, ingenious. And they wanted to cut costs, right? And they asked us to cut costs, but still get the same level of service. And we told them like, something has to give. And they were like, no, Garen, I think you can do that. We put the bids out and people have said like, they can give us the exact same service that you've been giving us for the same price. Mm -mm. We finally had to walk away because we were trying to give our team members raises. We wanted to make sure that they were comfortable and they were trying to cut significantly. Now they have the new company and the company has caused them to look at things differently. They're getting a different level of service. Have they been calling you back and asking you back? So you know that there's going to be some ego involved in all of that, right? Sure. So we told, we reached out to them and we told them, hey, if you ever need us, we're here. We'll sweep all the stuff under the rug. We're here. We know that you have to, that's your fiduciary responsibility to try. But if you want the level of service that we had before, we're here, right? Whenever that time comes, so. You're here and you're 10% more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully they don't see this interview, but yes, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, so sometimes competing and being able to stay up on the price increases, Pass some of that cost along to our clients. That has been an interesting challenge, but we learn going through that process also. So I'm really excited about the things that we're learning about people and how they make decisions and how they, they spend money or not. It's all a journey. For more information, go to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Want to know more about me? Go to my website, natashamiller.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved the show. If you did, please subscribe. Also, if you haven't done so yet, 
please leave a review where you're listening to this podcast now. I'm Natasha Miller, and you've been listening to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. 